Hi everyone, I'm Tommy, your host, and welcome on a new episode of the Anxiety Free Podcast. I used to suffer from severe anxiety, and I'm here to share my experience and how I've been able to get through it. On today's episode, I'm receiving Hamish. He's one of my friends, but also he's a GP. GP stands for General Practitioner, or basically a doctor. We have been talking a lot of anxiety together. Also, when I was shaping this podcast, even before my first recording. He has some experience in the emergency department and has have never been there while I was anxious. I wanted to talk about what's happening in the emergency department and how a GP can help someone with anxiety. So everyone, please welcome Hamish. Hello, um, I'm Hamish. I'm one of Tommy's friends. I'm a doctor here in Sydney. Um, I'm not a mental health doctor or a psychiatrist, but um, I think my, most of my experience has been in critical care in big hospitals in Sydney, so mostly the emergency departments where you do see a lot of um, people with anxiety coming in either at crisis point with their anxiety or having symptoms they think of something else but are actually related to anxiety and just don't know what that looks like. So I think I could give you some insights on, you know, what, what that's actually like for people and also how to navigate the healthcare system in Australia, how to get best treatment when you do have anxiety, which can be a bit tricky, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to talk about uh, this, actually, like the system in Australia, because as a French guy, I and also like I've never really been to a hospital uh, for my anxiety. Um, well, I did some scan and M MRI because I thought that I had a cancer or something like that. But um, I never really been um, yeah into an hospital in Australia, actually. Uh, but my first questions, um, and that's the question that I'm asking everyone, even those who are just talking about anxiety, just like you, are you anxious? I don't think I'm anxious. I definitely don't have um, like uh, more anxiety disorder or anything like that. I think everyone can be anxious. Um, and I think it's the difference between feeling anxious at a time that's a normal response. So before big med school exams or a big life event or if I'm applying for something or an interview, mm -hmm. obviously I'll feel anxious, but it seems like a very normal and appropriate response. And yeah. then... Other times when, you know, you've got anxiety disorder and you're feeling so anxious that it's not at all helpful, it's not motivating you to do, study for an exam, it's just crippling you, or it's anxiety about something that shouldn't be really triggering, I don't really get that. So I count my lucky stars that I haven't um, had too much anxiety in my life. Right, right, right. I think... Um, anxiety is for everyone, right? Like uh, everyone yeah. experiences anxiety at some uh, moment of their of their life. Like you just have very mild or medium mm -hmm. or sometimes very like strong and severe anxiety. Just what I had, right? Like it's yeah. uh, it's uh, and like uh, it's human. So it is human. It's a normal experience, and like a stress response is can be useful. Like for me, you know, when I come up to a stressful time in my life with work or something. And I really need to get motivated and really need to put in the work. Feeling a bit of anxiety, you know, helps you, you know, keeps you off the button. You get the work done and you do things. Um, I think that's very different to having a more disordered sort of anxiety where it really impacts your life negatively. It doesn't help you as all the time. And it kind of inhibits you doing the things you want to do. That's when it becomes mm -hmm. a problem. 
That makes me think about that. Um, obviously, you know a lot of uh, about anxiety and depression and mental um, issues. When you have anxiety yourself, okay, uh, when you it's like a hard uh, period for you. What's your response to it? Just because you know about every you know about everything, so you probably know. Mm. Oh, it's it's anxiety, but like you probably don't live anxiety the same way as people <laughs> live, the, <laughs> live the anxiety, if you know what I mean. Well, I think, yeah. So for me, dealing with anxiety, it's always in response to something. So I've, I'm anxious for a reason. And the kind of standard coping mechanisms help with me. So one, like just taking a step back, taking a deep breath, putting things in order really helps. So if I'm stressed about multiple things at once, I'll like write them down. Like I'm a big list writer prioritize them okay which one do i need to do first and then just having that plan is already really comforting for me mm-hmm. and then two if it's like an anxious period in my life say it's a you know deadline at work or i'm going for a job or you know med school exams or special exams or whatever you it's a stressful period and just make sure you're doing the things that keep you uplifted so exercising i think pretty much all mental health disorders the best evidence is going to be for exercise mm-hmm. like um, it's very um, good for your mental health, physical health, everything. Getting a good routine is another one for me in particular. Um, that really helps me just feel like I'm organized, moving in the right direction and working towards like a solution rather than feeling a bit chaotic and a bit lost. And I think sometimes when I get anxious, it can be all a bit too much and then I end up doing nothing. So there's too many things I need to do. So I'm like, oh, it's too hard. And then I just like sit on the couch and watch TV for two hours, even though I don't have that much time to waste. Um, so just getting yeah. organized and getting a good routine really helps me work through it and feel better. Well, but that's good if you have like some techniques to like up with the anxiety at the moment, because um, well, sometimes it's just, it's just hard and we all struggle and we mm-hmm. don't really know what, what to do. So that's good if you have your own yeah. um, techniques. Um, and it can be like, it can be hard for other people. So yeah. if you've got a real anxiety disorder, sometimes these techniques don't really work for you or it's really hard for you to implement them on your own. You might need mm. you know, someone else. To yeah, you, you can't you can't exercise for 12 hours a day. No. <laughs> and some it's people exercise, hours, so. get a routine, and they're still feeling anxious. So <laughs> it's not like a silver bullet, I guess. Going back to um, the hospital situation, when I had my very first panic attack, I really wanted to go to em- the emergency just because, um, well, it was Sunday night. Um, so you know, I wouldn't go to see my, my GP at that time. So, but I didn't go to the emergency because my friends were, were telling me, no, you actually look, look okay. So I don't think we should go to the emergency. And I was like, okay, well, fine. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me die in my bed. Uh, but if I was going to the emergency, what would happen for me? So I think anxiety is hard. And also it's important to realize like the reality of the healthcare system. I think we've had this discussion before that no country seems to really nail healthcare. It seems to be <laughs> a mess in pretty much every country. And Australia's relatively got a good healthcare system, but even still, the emergency part department is not always the best place for people. If you're concerned for your life, you've never had a panic attack before, or you do have panic attacks and you've got different symptoms this time, maybe you have like uh, your heart's racing and you don't normally get that or you've got something that you're concerned might be something else 
you should definitely go to the emergency department. But in terms of treating anxiety, I don't think the emergency department is the best setting for it. Often you've got long waits, even people with any condition, broken legs, they're waiting for like three, four hours. And then the people with mental health problems, you know, often the people who are psychotic or people who are suicidal will be seen first and they still have to wait hours in these little chairs in the ambulance bay. And then people who are anxious, it's not life-threatening. You do get a baseline set of like observations and an ECG and things when you get there and they're always going to be normal. So those people end up waiting quite a few hours to be seen by a doctor. There's not much we can do in the acute setting other than reassurance. So a lot of people come in thinking something's happening to them when it's really just the physical symptoms of anxiety coming out. And we just reassure them that, look, you're a young, healthy person, you've got a normal ECG, these symptoms are pretty consistent with anxiety. But anxiety is a chronic issue, so it's long-term. It's something that isn't going to be fixed in one night when you go to the ED. Yeah. It's something that's going to take a lot of you know, work over a long period of time to get better at and fix and become more manageable. So that's much better in the community being treated by like GPs and things over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. In the emergency department, you do end up waiting a long time. At the end of the day, we just reassure you, introducing yeah. like people think they're going to get medications, but giving medications once off at one time in the emergency department is not really the best thing to do. It's better to start a plan with a doctor in the community where you can sit and talk about the plan and then start medication slowly and change them as you need to, rather than just dishing out pills at the emergency department. Yeah, that's, um, I think what people are looking for at the emergency is that what you said, like reassurance, they just want to make sure yeah. they're okay. I feel like at some point when I had like my highest level of anxiety, if I could just sit next to a doctor or like uh, or yeah. at the hospital, so I'm like, oh, just in case something something is wrong, they're just gonna take care of yeah. you. You know, like and um, also, yeah. If you do think something is wrong, so maybe you get panic attacks, you got different symptoms. Definitely go to the emergency department. I don't want to persuade anyone not to go if they're in trouble. But it is, uh, you know, if you get these frequently and you recognize the symptoms and you know what it is, it is best to try and implement some strategies that you've got to help at home rather than going to the emergency department because. Mm-hmm realistically it's not always the best setting for people who are anxious you know you wait a long time you're in a very crowded place you've got people screaming yeah. you've got confronting things sometimes sometimes it can be mm. very uh counterproductive um so when someone's arriving with a panic attack saying oh i'm dying right now mm-hmm. um what do you say sit down <laughs> we'll get back <laughs> to you in three hours or do you assess quickly that they are not dying so when you go to the emergency department, you get seen by a triage nurse. So they're the ones who just screen everyone and they put them on your computer and, and rank them in like order that you need to see them. So that's what triage is. And normally at that point, people don't come in saying, I'm having a panic attack. Normally they come in saying, I can't breathe or I'm feeling all sweaty or my heart is racing, these kind of things, because they're the physical symptoms of you know a panic attack or anxiety. And the nurse will usually take your vital signs, your blood pressure, your heart rate, um, okay how much oxygen's in your blood. And if you're saying you've got palpitations, your heart racing or something, they'll do an ECG. And then most of those, if you are anxious and you're having a panic attack and this isn't something like asthma or a heart attack, um, you know, all those tests will be normal. 
and that will be reassuring for the person. So they'll usually start to calm down. They'll usually start to okay. have a bit of ease with their symptoms anyway. And also most of the people who are coming in with these panic attacks and anxiety disorders are younger, healthier people. Like it's, it affects everyone, but it's disproportionate to a lot of younger people. So they're very healthy, very low risk for serious problems like a heart attack or things like that. So it's also a demographic thing. But yeah, if all your observations are normal, you see it is normal and it's probably anxiety, you'll probably be waiting for a little while before you see a doctor. I remember when uh, one day when I had a panic attack, I didn't go to the uh, hospital, but I, a GP came to my um, place. Uh, that cost me a lot of money. I was asking, I was like, no, I think like my rate is really racing like more than normal. And then he just uh, checked my, my blood pressure and everything. And then he's like, no, look, your heart is just very normal right now. It's just your sensations, the sensation of your heart like racing. And then just for fun, my flatmate did it in the same time. I was like, I'm going to tell you that uh, my heart is like beating more than you. And I was like, no, that's not possible. Like I'm dying right now. And that's he did. Racing, yeah. And his heart was like racing more than, than I was. <laughs> and, I, and that calmed me so much. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Like literally in a, in a 10 seconds, my anxiety was gone. Yes. That, well, was, uh, that, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Reassurance is good. Like I say, that's all we do in the emergency department, but like, it, it is very helpful. And I think people do, anxiety is like a snowball. You know, you start with um, feeling anxious, then you notice these things about your heart racing, mm. this and that, then it spirals and gets worse. So it does help to have someone kind of take it down a notch and say, this is all normal. This is just anxiety. You've been here before. And you can start to work through it. Um, how bad the symptoms can be for anxiety? It can be really bad. So I do empathize a lot with people with really severe anxiety. So I think most people, even most people listening to this podcast would have, you know, probably mild to moderate anxiety where, mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't really need a psychiatrist. You might want to be linked in with your GP and see a psychologist and that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. to have really crippling, severe anxiety, some of those people I really empathize with, they do feel like they're dying they're so distressed you can see it in their face they don't look unwell like they don't they're not at any danger of um you know dying even though they think they are like a panic attack isn't harmful but it is really distressing and you can get them really sweaty they're kind of gasping for breath they feel like they can't take a big deep breath even though they're actually perfectly fine some people report palpitations like their heart is racing and because mm -hmm. they are so worked up their heart can be like the heart rate can be elevated. Sometimes you've got a normal heart rate and it feels like it's racing. Other times it is racing because you're so worked up and so sweaty and so frightened. So it can look pretty severe. And sometimes mm -hmm. you think people are having an asthma attack um, when really they are just having a panic attack. Um, so it can look pretty bad. I've heard that some people can have an asthma attack and a panic attack at the same time. Yeah, so... There's also another thing called health anxiety. So I guess we get two different things in the ED. So like one is just people with primary anxiety, and that's why they're here and they're having a panic attack. And then you get other people who've got a medical condition, and that kind of causes a lot of anxiety, which is fair enough. So some people who've had who have asthma and have had situations where they don't have their puffer or they're using their puffer and it's not helping once they start to get asthma. 
they panic because they think they might not be able to resolve it. And then the anxiety around that doesn't help either. And then yeah. you other people who've had something bad happen before, maybe someone had a stroke when they're younger, and then every time they get a headache, they come to the emergency department because they're having another stroke. And it's understandable. Like they had to relate to that. Yeah, terrible happen. And they just are very anxious that something's going to go wrong at any point. Um, so that's also difficult to manage as well because you don't want to dismiss these people. And then they end up getting lots and lots of scans and blood tests and investigations when really, you know, addressing the anxiety component would be much more beneficial yeah. for them. At some point, my anxiety, what, I mean, my daily life, right? Um, and I was having panic attack one, once or twice a week. So my state of my anxiety level was actually over the roof every, every day. I couldn't like, uh, be calm. I couldn't be relaxed. Never. Um, and at some point, like my state would, I felt that I was depressed because of my state. How, um, how do you assess that your anxiety is more than anxiety and that it's actually lead to depression? Because you can have the two um, yeah. issues, right? Yeah. So the two can go hand in hand. And, you know, like I said earlier, anxiety is a normal feeling sometimes and it can become abnormal and be a real problem. So like when to actually go and see a doctor. So as you're saying, if you're having panic attacks at all, that should definitely be seeing a doctor. Like I said, emergency department, not the best, but you should definitely be seeing a doctor in the community, like a GP, who can link you in with a psychologist. Like everyone in Australia is entitled to 10 free psychology sessions. They can start you on a mental health action plan. They can start you on some medications if that's needed, or if it's really mm -hmm. severe, they can refer you to a psychiatrist who's a doctor who specializes in mental health problems. Um, so you should definitely, if you're having panic attacks, you should definitely see your doctor and the first point of call is your GP. And also if your anxiety is so bad that you're it's having a real negative impact on your life, you feel like you can't do the things you want to do, like you can't socialize or you can't do well at work because of your anxiety and it's really holding you back, even though mm -hmm. you're not having panic attacks, you would go see a doctor as well. And you're right in saying like depression and anxiety are two separate things. They often go hand in hand and one can lead to another. So often people who are really anxious, they can't socialize, they can't you know, they're missing out on work opportunities because they're too anxious. They mm -hmm. end up beating themselves up because they can't just get over their anxiety. They're missing out on things they want to do. And that leads to depression. They're often depressed about their anxiety. And then it's important to recognize, you know, which one comes first. So is this someone who's really anxious and that's leading to their depression? Because that way you would mm -hmm. address the anxiety. And then when the anxiety gets better, typically they feel a lot better as well. Or is it someone whose primary problem is depression, um, mm -hmm. where anxiety can be a big component of depression as well? But that way, you would probably focus on more on the depressive side, and that's the symptoms you have. So, you know, depressed people kind of present differently. They get intensely sad, apathetic, um, distraught, feeling helpless, feeling useless, very negative self-talk, sometimes suicidal or self-harm thoughts, things like that. And that way you focus most on depression. Yeah, okay. I really thought that uh, anxiety would be leading to depression and not the opposite, actually. It's, I think that's probably more common, in my experience at least. But no, you can go both ways. So if you're someone who's depressed primary, like primary symptoms of depression, you can definitely have symptoms of anxiety as well.
Okay. 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 Do you remember uh, maybe a situation uh, that left a mark on you at the emergency department um, with someone with anxiety? I think, yeah. So I think one is, there's been a lot, but I think one that's particularly stuck with me would be, um, you don't get a lot of time with patients in the emergency department. There's a lot of people waiting. You can't just sit down and have a two hour chat with someone who's feeling anxious when there's plenty of other people waiting to be seen. So you don't often get a lot of time to spend with people. And we had a very uncharacteristically quiet shift. And I actually got to spend a bit more time with this woman who came in with a few miscellaneous symptoms of anxiety um, and just having the time to actually sit down and talk to her. And she was in a not a great social situation with her ex-husband who was kind of harassing her. She had very good reasons to be anxious and very good yeah. reasons to be, you know, not feeling the best. And she was so apologetic about coming to the emergency department and wasting our time because there's nothing wrong with her. And it was nice to actually for once have the time to sit down and explain, you know, no, we like, we understand that these symptoms are terrible. Like feeling like you can't breathe is a horrible feeling to have. We understand that they feel really real. And also like you would be concerned that there's something really wrong with you if you feel like you can't breathe and it's not a waste of our time. And I got to kind of explain to him like, well, I wish we could spend more time with people, but often we can't in the emergency department setting. Um, And she was really appreciative of it. And it was nice to seeing her when she came in and I probably spent like half an hour with her and just watching her when she first came in, sweaty, not being able to breathe, really worked up to this intensely apologetic and to this like very calm, lovely lady when we finished talking. Like she just transformed, I guess. And actually having the time to help her, talk to her and watching her become, go, go back to her normal self was really nice. Um, and I think it just goes to show that like, I think in the emergency department we see people at their worst and we don't often see them when they're functioning well. Um, yeah. And I guess that was nice to see. Yeah, well, can you imagine when uh, they get to see a real therapist and they have yeah. 45 minutes to talk about like everything? I think at the end yeah. of the 45 minutes, probably the patient is going to be better. <laughs> the therapist is not going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> the therapist, that's their job. They're used to it. And, like, yeah, I know. They, they love it. They love They see people back to back and that's their thing. So people like should definitely utilize these temporary you know psychology sessions that's where i think most people with anxiety like most people with anxiety don't need a psychiatrist they don't need medication or at least intense medication um some do but most people will really benefit from seeing like a psychologist but just having a mental health action plan in with a gp just having someone to regularly check in will do a lot so um, when you talk about uh, this um, action plan with the GP, so in a beautiful word, um, what would you recommend for the people having uh, anxiety? What's this uh, action plan? So you can start one with any GP. So I would definitely encourage anyone with anxiety, like it is a chronic problem. So mm-hmm. try and find a GP you like because they're going to be a point of call for everything, referrals, organizing what you can get from Medicare. Like it's really good to have a good GP. And I know nowadays it can be very expensive here in Australia, we're having kind of a healthcare crisis thing and people are finding it hard to see a GP or it's gonna yeah. cost them an arm and a leg. 
But even if you can see, if you can't afford a good GP and you just want to do like a telehealth referral, you can see a good psychologist for free. And even any GP can start you on a mental health action plan, which is, it's kind of like a Medicare system where you can get things like the psychology sessions, you can get referrals to um, other services like a psychiatrist if you need them. You can start like, um, kind of like, you know, talk about your symptoms, talk about what's the things that are actually um, causing a big impact, a big negative impact in your life and see if maybe there is a role for medications and your GP can start those. If you're an element of depression as well, you can start like a low dose um, antidepressant if you want and titrate up. And it's just a good way of tracking where you're going um, and what needs to be done. And if things aren't working, then there's the next step in the plan where they can escalate to you know, the next step, maybe you're getting worse even despite the first treatments and you're getting worse even though you're talking to a psychologist and it's time mm-hmm. to see a psychiatrist, then you can just escalate the same plan through a referral. So it's good to just be organized and have that kind of structure. Okay. Um, I was talking uh, in a previous episode that, um, in several pre- previous episodes actually, that I think that people are relying a lot on medication because it's easy. Uh, it's also way cheaper than uh, see your GP than every week your therapist. Do you see yeah. the same thing? Um, I do see. So there's definitely a role for anti-anxiety and antidepressant medications and some people need them to you know get over an acute phase so their anxiety is getting really bad the medications really help them get back to a level where they can manage them but at the end of the day the things that are really going to help are their strategies to either prevent anxiety building Mm -hmm. up or strategies to deal with anxiety when you get them and that's where you learn to cope with these you know therapy sessions you learn to recognize triggers for anxiety symptoms for anxiety and you can implement your you know strategies to help um at the time but some people i think most people with anxiety don't need any medication they'll have more mild moderate but if it does get severe some people do need it and some people need it at a time in their life and it doesn't mean you're always going to be um hooked on medication you know what i mean the people who just take yeah Valium, but don't work on any of these strategies, probably not great. But if you need some medications to help develop these skills um, to reduce anxiety, that's a, that's a good, good plan, I think. When do you say that um, you probably giving medication to people where they're having severe anxiety, you talk about the generalized anxiety disorder or even before before that yeah so usually so if you've got generalized anxiety disorder you would have you would probably be taking some medication um before that there's a role for medication especially if there's certain triggers for anxiety um you know things that are short acting like diazepam that you can do i think um you've just got to realize that these medications can be yeah more of a something to get you over an acute intense Part of anxiety it's not mm-hmm. going to help with your long-term anxiety issue when you the coping strategies and moving through and things you learn from you know these psychology sessions and dealing with anxiety that's going to help you more long term but if you need help in the short term medications can be really really useful um, and a great way to try and just you know de-escalate things 
get things in a more manageable area and then you know work on those long-term skills um Matt in the previous episode was um so Matt who is a pharmacist um was yeah. saying that he saw many many um of his passions be on many years onto uh medication and anxiolytics and what's for you the period to take uh, anxiolytic or um because he's, he really said at some point they have so much going on that if they stop medication, th their life is going to be like almost ruined. Not ruined, but you, you know what I mean. Like uh, just um, they wouldn't be able, wouldn't be able to to go through their life really. Oh, so they're dependent on it. Yeah, I think um, so. If you're really if you're finding that you're relying on medication a lot. That can be a problem. Like it can be medications are very helpful, but they can also do more harm than good in some situations. So if you're finding that you're taking these medications and you find you need more and more and more, that's not a good sign. And that's probably when it's time to get a referral to maybe a psychiatrist, because a psychiatrist is so they're a medical doctor, mental health specialist, and they're the people that really should be titrating medications for mental health issues. So if you're generalizing anxiety disorder. And it's not being addressed by you know small doses of Valium here or there that your GP can manage. It's probably time to see a psychiatrist um, and just get a better plan for your medications because they should be helping, not um, making putting putting band aids on the issue. If you're just putting band aids yeah. on the issue and then you find you need more and more pills to like get through the day, you're probably not addressing the core issue. Um, and then that's probably time to see you know escalate forward and see a psychiatrist. But a, a psychiatrist is compared to a therapist you can't really talk to a psychiatrist right because it's just no. like a 15 minute um consultation right yeah so the well you can have longer ones so and also you can talk to a psychiatrist but it's not therapy so um psychologists are more for talking through your issues and developing skills psychiatrists mm -hmm. would be um if you're not coping despite that and also medications so anxiolytics and antidepressants can be um, managed by um, a psychiatrist if it gets more complex than just your standards you know a little bit of valium here and there and also they're important it's important for you know a psychiatrist who's very medically trained in mental health disorders maybe something else is going on if you're you know not getting better with these coping strategies and you're relying more on medications um they would be probably better at assessing that. Okay. But um, really dealing with a therapist seemed to be, or a therapist or any other form of therapy, I'd say, um, is the only solution really uh, you, can, you can do for your anxiety. Because I, what I got to understand through my own experience and from other people's experience that have been um, uh, writing to me uh, is that there's a root cause of anxiety right you can't just have anxiety all of a sudden and have the perfect life well yeah so i think if you're going to a therapist looking to have like a 45 minute session and then leave feeling completely 100 percent perfect and no anxiety anymore you probably need to adjust your expectations <laughs> it's a long-term thing and you kind of get on top of it one step at a time and i think for people with anxiety or any mental health issue once they start making steps in the right direction 
it's really empowering for them, you know, and it does make a big difference just seeing those little bits of improvement um, every session. And then you learn skills in these sessions that you can use at home. So maybe one point where you feel yourself having a panic attack coming on and you just, you know, breathe a little, do some of the exercises you're taught and you avoid it. That can be really empowering for people. Okay. You know, taking control and getting in control of their anxiety. I have a last question for you, and this is uh, the same question that I'm asking to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people living with anxiety today? I would say, I guess, definitely coming from my background, my biggest piece of advice for people with anxiety, if it's really negatively impacting your life, you feel like you can't get on top of it, you feel like it's getting worse, it's definitely something you should be seeing a doctor about. Because some people get put off and they're like, I don't want to take medication, I don't want to do this. Medication's not for everyone. Like I said, most people with anxiety don't need it. Um, sometimes those people get referrals to therapists and they never see them. But it's good to just take control of it, get things started, and a good GP is going to be your point of call for organizing it and getting on top of it. Um, so if you are, if it is getting worse, if it is negatively impacting your life, don't just try and sit and suffer and hope that it goes away, try and do something and get some help. Um, cause it is something that can improve. Well, thank you for your time. That was, um, very interesting to see what's happening behind the curtain, especially because I've never been to the emergency. So I went to see a GP once only uh, for my um, anxiety and he just gave me some um, Xanax um, and he was like, that's when you just have um, a panic attack. Uh, and and I wasn't taking this daily. I was literally taking like a quarter of the thing uh, yeah. when I was feeling anxious. That probably would have been once a week. So I've never been addicted to it. Because I knew uh, the first thing that he told me is that don't take it every day because you're going to be addicted and that's going to be another problem. And I was already, I was already anxious about what what he was saying to me. So I was like, okay, great, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) No, it's true. And hopefully, like like I said, you can get a doctors are humans and you get a varied array of GPs. Um, If you get a good one you like. and can spend the time with you and make all the appropriate referrals. It can make the world of difference. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next time. See ya. So that's it for today's episode. I hope it gave you a bit more hope and strength to overcome anxiety, just like I did. Don't forget you're not alone in this life challenge. Once again, I'm here to talk about my own experience. I'm not providing medical advice, just support. So if you need help, please refer to a doctor or a therapist. I would love to reply to your questions on my future episodes. So please reach out on my socials or my email tomgram with 3a at gmail.com. You can subscribe to my podcast to help me grow, but also to make sure you won't miss the next episode. See you next week. Bye.